All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited. I want to welcome you to The Remnant. This is Pastor Todd Coconato. We have an exciting show in store for you today. I have evangelist and pastor D.R. Harrison, who's got an awesome new church, actually, uh, Emerus of Kingsport. He's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Also, Voice of Hope Ministries. So buckle up. We're going to talk about revival, this nation, and what we can do to continue to stand for righteousness in this hour you are tuned in to The Remnant. Let's go. All right. Man, I am pumped up for our guest today. We have Dr. Harrison. He's a man of God. I've been following the ministry for a while here. Dr. welcome to the program, sir. Man, it's so good to be with you, Brother Todd. It's an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you, and I am excited. So in the green room, we're a little bit talking about God is moving around the country, isn't he? And uh, he sure is. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of people are very discouraged right now. I don't know if you get the same thing, but people reach out to me and they say, Pastor Todd, just get us ready for the end times. It's America's done. And I understand where they're coming from. And if you watch the mainstream corporate media, you know, even for like an hour, you're going to get depressed because there's just a lot of bad news. And we see all these very egregious things happening in our country. Um, you know, the lack of leadership, they're pushing, you know, this transgender stuff on our young people uh you know you see the drag queen story hours you see you know our country around the world that's just getting um you know looked at almost laughed at by our adversaries we got russia and china and all these you know so all this stuff is happening at once i can go on and on and on and this is where people get down but see you and i dr we're out there and we're going around as evangelists and pastors and we're seeing these lines of people hungry and, and crying out to God. And I'll tell you, in over 20 years of ministry, I've never seen it like it is right now. I've never, I remember after 9-11, people were hungry, the churches were full, right. but I've never seen it like right now. Uh, what are you seeing out there, DR, as you go out there and you minister? Well, it's, you know, I grew up a pastor's son. My dad was a pastor and I grew up in church. I didn't grow up around drugs or alcohol or nothing like that. Uh, I made a profession of faith when I was six years old, yep. but I didn't have possession, if you know what I mean. Yep. And uh, at 21 years old, I left home. I got addicted to drugs. I got addicted to liquor. My wife was a stripper. Wow. She was an adult entertainer. And our lives were literally spiraling out of control. We tried the money, the fame, the fortune, all of that stuff. And six years ago, just six years ago, I got born again by the grace of God. Three days later, my wife got saved. God took her out of a strip club. She was almost, she was two weeks away from signing a contract to be a porn star what? in Los Angeles. Yes. That's and God I saved her three man. days after. Yeah. Saved her three days after he saved me, called me to preach the next day. And from that moment to now, six years later, We've traveled literally around the world and the hunger for real revival. I'm talking real revival. Yes. People are sick of religion. They're sick of denominations. They're sick of cliques and camps Come and on. circles and colleges and all this stuff that you hear. People just want to know the truth. Yes. People want to know that there is hope for them, no matter how bad they've been, what they've done, where they've gone, know how much baggage they have, there is hope for them. And the power is in the name of Jesus. That's the answer for all of it. Come Jesus on. is the answer, not a click, not a denomination, not, not some fancy sermon or a degree on the wall. All of that is fine in its place, but we need a real 
awakening, awakening of repentance among God's people. We talked about briefly before the show of how we've got to understand we don't do everything the same. But if we can come together on the stuff that matters, God will heal, heal our land, hear our prayer, forgive us of our sins, and he'll do a work like we've never seen before. Yes. DR, man, right off the bat, you're, you're speaking my language here. I can, I can obviously see why God has connected us because what you're saying, so you mean to tell me you can come out of the world and then be preaching in that short period of time. In other words, you know, like all the legalism aside, everything else, you just got on fire for the Lord. That's remarkable, man, because it reminds me of my story. I came out of Hollywood. I was partying. I was a pastor's son, just like you. And so this, this is very relatable to me. And, you know, the enemy comes after preacher's kids, by the way, or even any oh, strong believer. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yes. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, because, I mean, obviously you were raised in the church. How did you get to that lifestyle from being a, a pastor's kid? Okay, so, you know, I grew up, like I said, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, every youth conference, missions conferences, Every Saturday, we walked out on the streets, passing out tracks to people. Uh, I made a profession at six, got baptized. Uh, the older I got, I started becoming active in church, playing music, you know, leading a choir, teaching a Sunday school class. But I had no relationship wow. with the Lord whatsoever. I just had a prayer that I had prayed, Lord, forgive me of my sin. But I had never been drawn by the Holy Ghost to, to repentance and to salvation. And uh, the older I got as a teenager, uh, the devil started allowing me to see the fake and the phony that is in church. Yep, come on. And he used that as a trap to uh, label all of church and all of preachers and all of this stuff as they're all fake. And so when I turned 21, I, I, I told my parents, I basically told them to, to go, you know, where? Mm. I don't want to do a church. I don't want to do it with God. I don't want to do the Bible. I'm going to live my life. And that's what I did. I, I, I immediately became addicted to everything you can think of. I mean, party, just go as far to the left as you can go. Met my wife and we complimented one another because she was almost, almost to the point of full-blown atheist. Mm. And we, and, and I had a marketing firm and we traveled around the nation in business and, and she did her adult entertainment and that's how we lived our life. And when I got saved, it was, uh, something that took place over three days of old time conviction. The old timers call it old time conviction. And that's what I experienced. Uh, I experienced a man getting killed on a motorcycle. And for the first time in my life, people can believe it or not. But for the first time in my life, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Wow. He spoke to me and said, you're lost. And if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. And I knew that in my heart, just as clear as I'm talking to you. Yep. And I fell under conviction. Yep. And for three days, I ran because I was so under conviction and I did not want to give up my lifestyle. But it was on May the 20th, 2016. There wasn't a pastor around. There wasn't a singing group around. I didn't even have a Bible in my house. Mm. But the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me go. And I got down beside of my leather sofa in North Carolina, in Clemens, North Carolina. And I said, God, I'm just a nobody. God, I'm broken. God, I'm an alcoholic. 
And God, I've made a mess of my life, but God, if you will put all these broken pieces back together and you'll use me and change me and save me and forgive me of the mess I've made, God, I'm asking you to forgive me now. And all I know is, Todd, as I got up off of my knees in that house and everything looked different, Mm. my life was different instantaneously. And God changed my life and he, he totally turned it upside down. Yes. Brother, I'm I'm feeling this right now, what you're saying, because I I know what you mean. I know what you mean when you have that type of encounter with the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares. And I had that similar thing. That happened to me out in Hawaii at a a pastor's conference when I finally gave my heart to the Lord. And then two years later, I ended up getting stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and uh, went into the presence of God, almost died. And, you know, I mean, I just know he's real. And so, you know, what people are looking for, is authenticity they want realness like you said we've seen so much nonsense in the body of christ we've seen so much nonsense in the church we've seen so many people taking advantage of the saints so many people doing things that are so egregious with the tithe and with you know buying these massive houses and jets and again i don't have a problem with somebody being blessed but there's a there's a point where it gets to be totally abusive and then you got people in your community that are in need and, and they're not being attended to by the local church, and yet here are the pastors. And so we're in a mess, and we've been in a mess. Now, God has been doing something, I think, in the last two years that's unprecedented in my lifetime where we're seeing something happening where there's a shaking in the body. And and it's like nothing we've right. seen. I mean, even with the churches that stayed open versus those that closed down, you know, we've seen this rising remnant is what I like to call it. But, you know, this this group of lions that God is, is awakened in this hour and there's a separation of the wheat from the tares. And so it's a really yes. defining moment. And so people are hungry. You know, uh, we, I was just at a church recently and there was all these people at the altar at this conference. And I'll tell you, the people didn't even know some of the Christian quote unquote celebrities. They didn't even know like who this person was. All they wanted was an encounter with the living God. All they they didn't want somebody's name and lights. They didn't want some it did they didn't want that. You coming from the world, keeping it real, that's what people are hungry for. Telling your story of how you came out of this lifestyle that was pretty much for lack of a better word, I mean, you were a heathen. You were out there doing all the things they tell you not to do. And so, man, DR, I want to hear more about this. We got to go to a quick break here. You're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, We got D.R. Harrison here. He's an evangelist and pastor. I want to hear about what God is doing at his church. He's birthing a church. This is an authentic man of God. You can see it, and and you can feel it in what he's saying. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. ToddCoconato.com. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Pastor Todd Coconato. Todd Coconato Show. This is The Remnant. We've got an amazing man of God on the broadcast right now. D.R. Harrison was just sharing some very personal testimony of what God has done in his life and his ministry. And D.R., welcome back, my friend. Uh, it's an honor to be here. All right. So we got about nine-minute segment here, and I wanted to just talk about that authenticity because when I came into the church, I literally felt like I was going to get struck by lightning. I walked in I felt totally out of place. I come from the world. Um, it was just scary to me. And honestly, I didn't really fit in. Uh, they didn't like me. I didn't like them. I stood in the foyer of a church for a couple of months before anybody other than I think it was the greeters that would talk to me. Um, so many people have a similar experience 
what was it like for you when you first had this encounter and then you started, did you start attending a church somewhere? Or what happened from there? Okay. So, um, when I got saved on May the 20th, my wife got saved on May 23rd. God called me to preach on the 24th. And within a week, my phone started calling. I didn't even announce my call to preach at, to start with. Uh, my phone started ringing from pastors that I've heard of. And they were saying, um, we've been trying to find your number. God has put on our heart to have you at our church. And I didn't, listen, I've never been to Bible college I don't have a degree on the wall. I don't know anything about homiletics, hermeneutics. I can't even spell it, just to be honest with you. I don't know nothing about Greek and Hebrew. I, I don't know anything about that. All I know is is that God saved me. And so I just started traveling, telling people about Jesus, just the simple message of the gospel. John 3, 3, you must be born again. And for God so loved the world. And people immediately started coming to me saying, is there hope for me? You mean to tell me that God can take somebody like you that is just like I am? They can, God can change somebody like me? I said, well, he did it to me. He, he can do it to you. Yeah. And over the last six years, God's let us see nearly 120,000 people give their hearts to Christ. And Todd, 90% of these people are people that either one used to go to church or two have been shunned by the church. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, Jesus came, Luke 19, 10 says, to seek and save that which was lost. Yes. That's who he came after. And the biggest enemy that Jesus had during his ministry were the Pharisees, right. the Sadducees, the religious crowd, the high priest. The chief priest, you can go on down the churchgoers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And in this day and hour we're living in, people are addicted to drugs and liquor and pornography. I was a porn addict. I mean, my wife was a stripper. Okay. Uh, yep. I've been down that path. And people want to know. See, I hear all the time from preachers that'll say, well, people don't want the truth. That's a lie. Mm. Everywhere I go, people are starving for somebody to be real with them. Yes. Yes. That's what they want. They want real. They want truth, like you said. And and so there's so many people that it's the modern day Pharisees. I call it the spirit of religion, you know, and I'm sure you get hit with this, too. Every time I have a guest, every time we do just about anything, there's somebody that comes on with some vicious attack and it's like, really? I mean, how do you get that out of that? This person's got a heart for the Lord. They're trying to do something for the kingdom. And, and where is that coming from? So it's really that same spirit that came against Jesus that, that we're dealing with in this modern hour, but it's prevalent in the church. How have you dealt with this, DR, as, as the ministry has developed? Well, over the last six years, I have prayed a prayer that God has answered on many occasions, but I prayed, God, give me supernatural fire, not wildfire. I want to preach with supernatural fire. I want to preach with supernatural favor. Give me favor with all men with the message of the gospel and give me supernatural freedom and boldness to be able to preach the truth. Yes. And so what we've seen over the last few years of ministering, uh, for example, I'll give this example. 
uh, I was preaching a revival, a two night revival in North Carolina a couple years ago. Uh, it was supposed to be just two nights, but God broke out in the service and it went 14 weeks. Wow. And hundreds of people were saved, but the majority of the people were religious people that were lost. Mm -hmm. And I am a firm believer, and the Bible teaches this in Matthew 7. I am a firm believer. Matthew 7, 21 says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, saith into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. But it also says many that day will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? That word prophesy there means preaching. Uh, have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done many wonderful works in your name? And then God looks at them and says, I never knew you. I am convinced that the church is full of people that have never been converted. Mm -hmm. They've never been truly born again. And that's why that spirit of religion is so prevalent. And I believe with all my heart, the message for those people, and we've seen it thousands of times in six years, the message for the religious crowd is the same thing for the one that's on the street corner that's an alcoholic or a dope dealer. Yes. Ye must be born again. Yep. And we have found that when a religious person gets born again, hey, that spirit of religion, it's gone. It's gone because God regenerates the inside. For so long, we've tried to clean up the outside. Yep. We've tried to make the outside look right, the outside look like a Christian. But sooner or later, and you know this as well, yep. what's on the inside is going to come out That's right. sooner or later. It may be years, but it will come out. And we need regeneration yes. in our churches. Come we on. do. we got to have it. Thank you. We do. It, it's a it's a real, I mean, this shaking period is like something I've never seen before. I mean, it's real. I mean, mega church, I was at this mega church and I met with this pastor a couple months back. It was about a year ago, maybe. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the election and all these different things. And you would have thought it was like 1999 DR. I mean, this guy had no urgency, didn't see any issues that were going on in the country. He was talking about building a new soccer field. That was his big, you know, agenda for the next season. And I left there and I called my wife and I said, what in the world? I said, I almost feel like it's a different religion. I mean, this guy has no urgency. He's not worried about any of these things that we're worried about here. I'm going out like, oh my gosh, you know, we need to do something. We need to, you know, and he just had nothing. And so this was what's crazy. Two months later, he was gone from the pulpit. He was removed by the elder. I mean, it was like, boom, you know, and, and this is what wow. the Lord has been showing me is, is that he, this is a time you can't mock God. You can't, if you're in the pulpit, you better step up. You better be a lion in this hour. And there's something that's happened. I mean, a lot of churches that didn't open, they're hemorrhaging people. People don't want to go back because they're just like, how can I follow this pastor? Right. You know, he closed down then. What would he do if things get worse? You know, then you got the remnant people that said, no, I'm going to stand. This is the time. This is what we're made for. Here you come out, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that desire to have a ministry and they, and they listen to a story like yours and they say, wow, how did that happen? When we come back from the break, we got to go to another break. But when we come back, I want to hear, because I know what you're going to say. I have a good feeling about it. But God has to build the house. And when he does, you better watch out because doors will fly open. People will call out of the blue. It's really amazing and remarkable. But I want to hear how you got to that place, DR. And uh, so very important stuff. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Uh, do you got a website, DR? Yes, vohministries.org. Okay, bohministries.org. It's voice. B-O-H as in voice of hope. Voice of hope, yes. Okay, very good. Check out that website. We'll be right back. This is the Todd Coconut Show. still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. 
And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you for tuning in today. You can go to our website anytime, PastorTodd.org or ToddCoconado.com. And we have a special guest. This man of God is just a remarkable story. Uh, going from being totally worldly, his, his wife, literally a stripper. He was addicted to, to alcohol. I think he said drugs too, right, DR? Yes, sir. Yeah, drugs, alcohol. And then the Lord gets a hold of his life. He's a preacher's kid. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's out there being invited to speak at all these gatherings. Just So how does that happen, DR? Because a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they want to understand this. Like, what, what happened? You know, like, so you just turn your life over and then people just start calling you? I mean, how does this happen? It was totally out of the... Uh, it was totally supernatural and all God. That's all I can say. It, it was... It, it's like it happened yesterday, even though it's been six years ago. The salvation experience took place. My wife, uh, on that Monday... Uh, I was in the shower and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to a revival that was in Burlington, North Carolina. And I got out of the shower. I went to my wife. I said, I'd only been saved now three days. I said, you want to go to church with me tonight? And of course she said, no, she didn't want to do with it. <laughs> but my little girl at the time was six years old. And she said, she overheard me asked my wife and she'd come in there. She said, mama, can me and you and daddy just go to church one time together? And Laura couldn't tell her no. And so we went to church that night. There was a thousand people in there and the choir got up and sang. And I was just glad to be saved. I'd been saved 72 hours. I mean, they could have sung Rocky top and I'd have been <laughs> shouting just because I was so thrilled to be saved and not going to hell. Well, as soon as the choir got done, the preacher got up and said, I've never done this, but the Holy spirit just told me that DR you're supposed to speak tonight. Whoa. I've only been saved three days. Whoa. And so I didn't know what to do. So walking through that audience, I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. He said, just tell them what I did for you. Yes. And that's what I did. And I got up and I told everybody what Jesus had done for me. And when I got done, people were coming to the altar running to get saved. And I went back and I sat down beside my wife and she was weeping. She never said a word. And I bowed my head and maybe 30 seconds went by and she grabbed my arm. And she stood up and she drugged me down the aisle to the altar and she got down on her knees and Todd, this is what she said. She said, God, she said, can you do for me what you did for DR? That's all she said. And man, she got up and she was different. She was glowing. I mean, I'd never seen nothing like it. And then the next day God called me to preach in the same house he saved me in. And then immediately God sent us out just telling people about Jesus. And that's how it's happened. Uh, there's no promotion that comes from a man. All the promotion comes from God. He raises up one and he tears down another. That's what the Bible says. And, and for six years, we've kept it simple. And the message of the gospel is simple. And if you get past that, then you lose me because I don't know anything else. I can't help anybody else other than the gospel that the Bible says in Romans 1 16, Todd, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power. It didn't say I'm not ashamed of being a Baptist. I'm not ashamed of being Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of being Methodist. No, no, no. The power is in the gospel. It will change people's lives if they'll let it. Yes. Yes, it will. 
Uh, for the women listening to the broadcast right now, Dr. You know, with your wife, I think this is a very compelling story. I mean, what a difference! I mean, so how does this walk us through how this happens? So she's up at the altar. She has this encounter after you spoke. You know, th- this man just asked you to speak. Here, now you speak. It's anointed. The anointing falls. People are getting saved, set free, healed, delivered. Your wife has changed. So what happens after that? I mean, does she? you know, just completely stop doing everything or is it a process or how, how does everything kind of go after that? So this is how it went. And she, she put this in her book that she wrote and she went into all the details, but literally when she got up off that altar, she was radically changed and she never went back. She went from being one of the top strippers in North Carolina making unposed amount of money, living her life the way she wanted to live to this in a moment's notice. Just I'm talking that quick. God transformed her, changed her, changed her desires, changed her wants, changed her vision, changed everything. She went from being, like I said a second ago, almost a full-blown atheist to believing there was a God mm. and to a God that sent his son to die for her. And God did it that quick and changed her life. Yes. And that's been our story, is our story. And, um, man, it it's so real sitting here because I ain't worthy to be saved. And she ain't worthy to be saved because we know what we were. And if the church could ever focus on winning people to Christ, the fussing and fighting would stop. The fighting and fussing and all the division would stop because I've never met one church or one preacher or one group of people that if their focus was just reaching people, that's right. If we would just reach people, yes, we wouldn't have time to fight one another. Yes, we don't all agree on everything. But one thing I've learned: I don't know nothing, and the older I get, the dumber I get. <laughs> I but one thing that happens with me every day that goes by: I just turned forty years old. I want to reach people, whether it's an audience of 10, an audience of one, or an audience of 100,000. It doesn't matter. I want to just, I want people to know that God changed me. Yes. And if God can change me, God can change them. That's all I want to do is just people to know that Jesus is the answer. Yes. 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 Brother, I'm, I'm so tracking with you, man. I, I, I know my audiences as well. They know me well, and they know this is my heart. And this 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 whole thing, I mean, all these people. I have a, a family member who just came to know Jesus, and she had a similar story uh, where she came out of the world partying, you know, the whole thing. And the, the challenge is when you do that, you know, you got all these friends. You got to, you know, what do you do with your friend? I mean, everybody in your life is like, you know, like you. And then all of a sudden you need mentorship, you need discipleship. And I hate to tell you, but sometimes it's hard to find. What was your experience with that? Once you get out of it and you've changed your life, your wife's changed your life, here you are. Were you able to find people that would come alongside and mentor you? Or what was your experience? In the beginning, it was it was fairly simple because our story got around so quickly. And I was raised Baptist and I saw so much garbage take place in that denomination that made me so bitter. But when I got saved, a lot of that crowd came back around, but it was about a year 
and three or four months after we got saved, God started launching us out to everybody. What I mean by everybody, uh, preaching at Methodist churches, Pentecostal, non-denominational. I mean, you name it, they were calling. Well, it was at that time we went through our first major battle as Christians because all that crowd dropped us like a bad habit. Mm. And they, they literally threw us under the bus overnight. I'm talking overnight. They all walked away because the term that word caused that they use it religiously. That's the fake term. And I told God during that time, cause boy, it was, t- and with my wife, it was a lot tougher because she didn't, she wasn't raised the way I was raised. She wasn't raised in church. Right. I kind of knew that side of the religious crowd because I grew up around it, but she didn't. And it hurt her bad, but it was during that time that God taught, taught, and I both to depend on him totally and that the Holy spirit can teach you more than 10,000 professors or 10,000 theologians can in a lifetime. He can teach you more in one Valley. And he taught us during that time that when we learn to him in the Valley, the same on the mountaintop, that's when we can supernaturally experience his power yes. like we could have never imagined. And that came true in our life. So for people that say it's hard to find mentors, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. It's tough because it's hard for people to, to take denominational lenses off. And it's hard for them to look through spiritual eyes and not their natural eyes. And uh, I could say that from our personal experience, the closer you get to the Lord, if you'll just marry up to the Holy ghost and you'll just get close to him, man, he'll take you through some dark stuff and he'll, he'll be the best mentor you ever could imagine. That's right. That's right. Uh, To those listening, uh, you know, I know we're having a a little bit of an issue connectivity here, DR, but we heard pretty much most of what you said and I didn't want to stop because it was very powerful, but you know, this is exactly right. What you're saying is that we, we the Holy spirit, teaches us that when we spend time in the secret place of the most high, when we, when we develop a prayer life, when we get into the word of God, when we become lovers that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, lovers of the word, uh, it just changes everything. And there's no turning back. There's no like escape hatch or, you know, zip cord you're going to pull or whatever the case may be. There's no, and you know, even when it gets hard and tough and all that, but God is with us. He's with us in this time. And so let's take it to now you started the church uh, we got about four minutes in this segment le- left. I want you to explain the journey of how you got to the church and everything. Okay, so for the last six years, we've been operating as Voice of Hope Evangelistic Ministries, and the Lord gave us a 3,000-seat tent back in 2018. It got blown down in a tornado, and God used Pastor Greg Locke and his church to to replace all of that and and just amazing how God did all of that. Uh, but about a year ago, there was a church here, Emmaus of Kingsport, Tennessee, uh, that reached out and wanted us to consider uh, becoming their senior pastor. And so my wife and I took the better part of, uh, of a year and just prayed and sought the face of God. And one of our biggest things was, is we didn't want to, our calling is evangelism. That's our heart. Well, this church was built uh, by a pastor by the name of Dr. Phil Kidd, and who's always been an evangelist. 
And this church has been built around an evangelist and his schedule and his vision and, and his calling. And um, God worked everything out, gave us the peace to be able to become the senior pastor. And it's just been a beautiful, beautiful time. That, um, God has really put his hand on and our church is growing um, our church is a church of prayer. It's a church that is seeking God for revival. Um, it's a church that loves sinners. Listen, everybody, listen, everybody on my leadership staff at the church are ex drunks, ex dope heads, ex anything you won't think. I mean, it's just sinners saved by grace, no religiosity, none of that stuff. It's just all sinners that's been saved by God's grace. And all we want to do we just want to help people. Mm -hmm. If you want help, you can get help. We know the answer. That's right, man. I want to come visit your church. Let me tell you, brother. Yes, uh, man. And where, so where are you guys located for people that want to go there? Okay. It's five, eight, four, two West Carter's Valley road in Mount Carmel, Tennessee. We're about 10 minutes right off the interstate 26. Can't miss it. Amazing, amazing, and the and the website is V O H right V Voice of Hope. What's the website? V O H Ministries dot org. Okay, very good. Go visit this website. We're going to come back in just a minute and wrap up here with D R Harrison, and I want to hear what he thinks about America, where we're headed. Do we have hope? What's going to happen? Uh, so you're going to want to stick around here uh, as we get uh, ready to close the program. But D R, what an amazing testimony! Thank you so much for sharing your heart. We'll be right back with the Todd Coconal Show. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure, being all that I can be. I can't call in sick on Monday. We're coming back. All right. I like playing uh, this song. We're going to have Lee Greenwood on the show, by the way, tomorrow. Uh, but, hey, you know... This is a man that loves his country. He just, he said yes to the calling. And uh, we, we're back with D.R. Harrison. D.R., I know you love America. Uh, you've been going around the country. You've been seeing all different types of things. What What is your outlook when you look at our country? We kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but where do you think we're headed from here? What do you think we got to do? That kind of thing. Well, when it comes to revival, and you study revival, when it comes to revival, never in history or in biblical revivals did revival ever take place when the nation was at its best. Never. It never took place. It was always when the nation was at its lowest and it was full of depravity. Now, there's a lot of preachers that will say that we're past hope for America. I don't believe that. If I believed that, I'd just quit. I believe revival, if if, if, if I'm just giving my opinion, I believe that America is in prime position to see real revival for the first time ever. Yes. Now, we've seen we're seeing pockets of revival break out. Yep. But when we talk about America as a whole, I believe God is separating the wheat from the tear within the church. And I believe God is refining, if that's the right word, the real church, yep. cleaning up the real church. And the real church is seeking his face. And I believe with all my heart, the natural effect of a church being revived is people are converted. Yeah. Sinners are converted. 
the lost are drawn to salvation. And I believe with all my heart, this is just where I stand. There's not any hope in a Republican. There's not any hope in a Democrat. There's not any hope in a Libertarian or an Independent. And everybody's screaming, if we can just get through November and the Republicans can take back over Congress, we'll be on the right track. No, that's not the answer either. That's not the answer. The answer is for the church to get where she needs to be. The answer is the church. And I believe with all of my heart that revival is just as much possible today as it has ever been. Now, I understand everybody quotes Second Chronicles 7.14, and I understand the theologians come back and say, well, that's written to Israel. But I believe all Scripture is profitable. That's what the Bible says. And I believe we can apply that to our lives today in America. If my people, it doesn't say if the Congress, if the government, if the sinners, no, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. That's the first step. There's so much pride in religion now and pride in churches. You made a statement a second ago about Christian celebrities. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick Tired of, it. of Christian celebrity. <laughs> There's no such thing as that. There, I mean, we have taken men. Now, hear me. I'm not trying to preach here, but I'm, I'm about preach, to. Please. We're trying to take men. We're trying to take men and we're trying to take God off of his throne and elevate men above God as if men have the power to change an eternal soul. No, no, no. God is the answer. He is the one that should receive all glory. That's why we're in the mess we're in is because we have quit giving glory to him. Yes. And we've started worshiping everybody else. It's not about a preacher. It ain't about a church. It's not about a singer. It ain't about a talent, a writer, an author, or whatever other words you want to throw in there. It is about him. And if his people will humble themselves, pray, that's another big one. I mean, the average preacher prays five minutes a week. Wow. Five minutes a week. The average preacher prays five minutes a week. So if we get back to praying, seeking his face, seeking his face and turn from our wicked ways. He didn't say he could hear from heaven. Mm -hmm. He didn't say he may hear from heaven. The Bible says he would hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. That word land there is not regional. If you study it, that's a national deal there. Yep. He would heal the land. Revival can't be contained to one building or one church. Real revival will spread. Right. It's like if a house is on fire across the street, everybody's going to stop to watch it burn. And that's what I've prayed for. God set me on supernatural fire so people will watch, not me, but watch you burn through me so they can be convicted of their sin. And maybe they will desire to be a preacher or desire to be a missionary or desire to do whatever it is for you. Give a calling to them. And that's where we're at. Revival is so possible, and we're seeing it break out in sections. I'm looking for it to break out anytime, everywhere. That's right. The streams are coming together, and it, it just blows my mind because, like, I won't talk to somebody beforehand. I just want to see, like, what God's going to say. 
and it's amazing how many things you hit, man. That it's like when the remnant people get together, you're just like boom, boom, boom. I mean, you're hitting the same points. And my audience will know that because they hear the show more often, you know. But it's like, wow. I mean, it just it blows my mind. And because I really believe this is the heart of God. Like you said, it's not about a name, it's not about a ministry. Do ministries have names? Of course. Do people have names? Yeah, we have a name. But it's not about our name. We should be pointing up to Jesus. I, there was a preacher that literally came against me for saying just that. In fact, he made a big post about it and turned against me and started smearing me for saying it's not about a name and not about a ministry. And I said, well, what is it about then? Is it about you? I don't understand. Like, how could that be offensive? Like, every pastor, preacher, apostle, prophet, teacher should all have that same heart pointing up to Jesus, especially in this hour where it's so urgent and, and we know that there's no other way. Like you said, you know, it's not a political answer. It's not any other answer other than God. We've got to come back to restoring the foundations and turning back to Jesus. We've got about two minutes left here, DR. Uh, speak to the listener out there that has been discouraged, that has been feeling. There's a lot of people that have been writing me and they're saying they're depressed. In fact, uh, we're going to do a broadcast just about that because there's a lot of people doing And I don't want to negate that or make it like it's not a big deal because it is. But walk us through how do you get healed from that and how do you come out of that and walk in complete victory? We've got about four minutes. Well, I faced depression really bad right before I got saved, a couple years before I got saved, to the point that I attempted suicide. I tried to take my life, and I was sitting in my truck. I had the pistol in my hand, bullet in the chamber, and I pulled the trigger. All this is in the all this is on the internet. You can hear it and read it and see it. I pulled the trigger, but the bullet didn't go off. The gun didn't go off. Wow. And I should be in hell today. My life should be over. I should be in hell. But God had mercy. But when I got saved, God gave me something worth living for. He gave that hope to me. When I had my hope in people, my hope in money, my hope in a male or a female or a friend or a, 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 a brother or a, a family member or whatever the case may be, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is that you try to put your hope in or you try to feel that emptiness on the inside, it's automatically going to lead to depression because there's a dead-end road at all of that. There's a dead-end street with every bit of it. But I promise you the answer for it all is Jesus Christ. He will feel that. He will give you a purpose. Listen, every person on this planet, there's 7.7 billion on the planet. Every one of them were created by God. God created every single one of them. And he created a unique, specific purpose and plan for every person. Every single person, he created a plan for their life. And the only way to fulfill that plan is getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ, because he will feel that hope. He'll feel that love. He'll feel that void. He'll give you that purpose. He'll give you that meaning in life. People that think they're not special or think they don't have purpose in life. Jesus can feel that and he can use you in ways. You, if you'd have told me six years ago, I would be preaching. I would have laughed at you. Right. I never yeah. could have even foresaw this, but God did. And the same God that foresaw it for you, Pastor Todd, yep. is the same God that foresaw it for me. 
And the same God that can foresee it and is foreseeing it for every person that sees this, that's wanting to take their life, that's depressed, that's addicted to pills, that's addicted to liquor, that's in adultery, fornication, whoever, whatever, God has a plan. And the peace that passeth all understanding comes of Jesus Christ. Come on, man. D.R. Harrison, we're so thankful that you've joined us today, brother. What a powerful show. Tell us one more time before we go where they can find you and follow what you're doing. Yes, you can follow us on Facebook, Voice of Hope Evangelistic Ministries, or you can go to our website, vohministries.org. We're also on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on all that stuff. Um, So you can follow us anywhere there. And just if you think of us, just pray for us. Amen. Dr. Harrison, you got all the info there, brother. We thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Uh, you can find all of our information on toddcoconow.com or pastortodd.org. You can go to remnant.news for the latest updates. We love you guys. We bless you. Hey, write me, todd.coconado at rlcus.org, and we would love to see you uh, soon. Okay, we'll be back. This is the Todd Coconado Show. All right, everybody, want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. This is the podcast version of the show. We want to just thank you. What a crazy time it is in our country and in the world right now. And we are just doing everything we can to continue to put out truth, continue to stand with people that are needing help and uh, all around the country, legal challenges, different things with the Religious Liberty Coalition. We've got ToddCoconaut.com and the uh, Todd Coconaut Ministries, of course, the Sunday service, the daily podcast, all the different articles on remnant.news we're doing many many things we're also getting prepared of course for the midterms here doing everything we can to fight for election integrity to fight for people to have a fair shot in the united states of america at this crazy time so we're busy 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 and we thank you for your support of this broadcast you can go to toddcoconado.com slash give toddcoconado.com slash give we truly appreciate it we need it more than ever my friends it's david versus goliath but with your help We are able to stand and continue to push ahead in victory in Jesus' name. God bless you.